Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. teaches us that God exalts the man who lives in humility, and he humbles the man who lives in pride. The other day, and I've told you this, you know, I watched the documentary about the life of Billy Graham, and one of the themes that was consistent through the documentary, and they made the point it was consistent throughout his life, is that he always put the message before the man. God's Word should be a priority in your life. To put anything before God is sin. And Pastor Robert is going to show you examples of doing that from the life of King Herod. When you know the good things you should do, you need to do them, with nothing distracting you from God's Word and His ways. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now. Here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. It's this big deal birthday bash. And when his stepdaughter came in and danced for everybody, he couldn't resist the urge to show off. History tells us that her name was Salome. And there have been all kinds of renderings, uh, you know, concerning that dance that she did. It wasn't a waltz. That's one of the more reserved works of art concerning the dance of Salome. Some of them were straight up pornographic. I'm just Googling, you know, Salome, and I'm like, oh, gee. So Herod gave her a blank check, so to speak. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And she said, cool, bring me John the Baptist's head on a serving platter. Not what he expected. Mark's gospel tells us that Herod was exceedingly sorrowful over the request. And that intrigued me. So I, you know, dug out the Greek dictionary, tried to look it up and figure out what is he saying? What he was saying is that Herod was really and truly freaked out. The gravity of the word, it implies that distress even to the point of death. This was a big deal. And yet, rather than embarrass himself in front of his guests, he murdered this man whom he feared because he was just and holy. Sends his men to go and chop off John's head, and bring it back to the party on a serving platter for everybody to see that he kept his promise. Wow. And I think it's important to just 
pause for a second and try to see this from God's perspective because, see, most of the time we don't do that. Most of the time we hear things like this, and it's like, oh, man, he killed the greatest preacher on the planet in his day, the greatest prophet ever to live, according to Jesus, and Herod murdered him. And we stop right there. That's all we see. But you know what struck me? As I read this, one of the things that really struck me about this is they're in the middle of this giant celebration, this big banquet there in Herod's palace, right? Getting drunk, pretending, trying to make each other feel good about themselves, basically trying to puff themselves up in front of each other. That's really what it was about. John's head gets chopped off. Instantly, he enters into a celebration unlike anything any of us, any of them could have imagined in heaven. A hero's welcome. John the Baptist has arrived. And he begins on an eternal adventure party with God. And King Herod began a completely different adventure, if you will. He started toward death and hell. I believe this was a real key moment in Herod's life. The Bible teaches us that God exalts the man who lives in humility, and he humbles the man who lives in pride. The other day, and I've told you this, you know, I watched the documentary about the life of Billy Graham, and one of the themes that was consistent through the documentary, and they made the point it was consistent throughout his life, is that he always put the message before the man. In other words, Billy Graham always knew. He understood, and he held tightly to the principle that his message was far more important than his reputation or his ministry. And he risked his ministry, he risked his reputation over and over and over and over again for the sake of the gospel. In the late 50s, early 60s, when he took a stand for the civil rights movement in this country, it was shocking because here's a country boy, the son of a farmer from rural North Carolina, do you understand where Billy Graham was from? This wasn't normal to stand up for people of color, but he did. Why? Why? He could have built, you know, I mean, looking at it from a human perspective, he could have built an empire in white America because he was like the John Wayne of the Christian world. I mean, the guy was tall. He was good looking. He had a powerful speaking voice. He was charismatic. He was eloquent. Everybody loved him. He just had a way with people. And when he went to a, a stadium in Texas and they had roped it off so that the quote unquote coloreds had to be in the back and they roped it off the colored section back in the back. And Billy Graham said to the head usher, you need to take that down because the gospel is for everyone. So you need to take that down. And the head usher said, no, sir, I can't do that. So Billy Graham got down off the stage, walked down, walked back to where the rope was and took the rope down himself in the middle of the crowds. Now, you understand, he risked a riot to take it down. And he preached, God loves every single one of you. And he sent Jesus to die for you, every one of you. And when he did that, so I can do it today and there's no fear. When he did it, this was, from a worldly standpoint, it was crazy. He risked everything to do that, and he did it consistently. Not only that, 
He was invited to go to Soviet Union, and the, everybody told him, everybody knew, they, don't you understand, they're inviting you to come. It was some peace conference thing that gave him a topic to speak on related to peace in the world and nuclear disarmament or something like that. I don't remember, you know, and, and he agreed to go against everybody's advice. And everybody was like, why are, you go why are you going there? Why are you going to the Soviet? You know they're going to try to just use you, you know, against the United States. You're just going to manipulate. And, and he said, yeah, but I'll get to preach the gospel to those people who otherwise won't get to hear it. So I'm going. We're going to do it. And they'll try to use me like that. But God loves every single one of them, even the ones who are going to try to use me. And he went. He risked everything. And he did that. Do you understand? He did that over and over and over again, preaching the same message. I love watching him in the old days because he would lean over and put out his finger and you're expecting him to chew you out and he said, God loves you. And it's like, wow. And it's true. He loves you. The message of the cross is he loves you enough to die for you. He proved it. Billy Graham risked everything over and over and over again. And see, so did John the Baptist because he lived not for himself, not focused on his own position, not focused on building a kingdom, building a ministry for himself. No, no, no. He gave himself to God completely. And he lived a truly sacrificial, selfless life. But Herod didn't do that. Herod lived for himself. Luke tells us that Herod finally got to meet Jesus after he was arrested Luke chapter 23, verse 6 says, when Pilate heard of Galilee, now what that means is that, you know, there, he was, Pilate was questioning Jesus and he had arrested him and he realized he's from Galilee and he's like, wait, he asked if the man were a Galilean. As soon as he knew that he, Jesus, belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Now, when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad. Remember, he had been exceedingly freaked out when uh, Salome asked, for John the Baptist's head. Now he's exceedingly glad to see Jesus, verse 8 says, because he had desired for a long time to see him because he'd heard many things about him and he hoped to see some miracle done by him. Curiosity again. This first book of the New Testament informs you well about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It details his birth and life, his ministry and then his death. But it also tells you that he rose again. Jesus is victorious over death. And even more, he's alive today. Your Savior lives and you can rejoice in that. As you listen to Pastor Robert's message today on Main Thing Radio, you may have realized that you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've been a believer for a while, but you haven't taken steps to actively live for Christ in your daily life. Today's the day to change that. You can start right now. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. 
We're so glad you joined us today. You can hear more teachings from this series in Matthew right now by visiting MainThingRadio.com or just download our mobile app. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Twitter too. There you'll be able to get the latest information on Main Thing Radio and Calvary Miami Beach. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find links at MainThingRadio.com. We'd like to meet you too. You're invited to be part of our worship time at Calvary Miami Beach. Just visit the church page under About at MainThingRadio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Main Thing Radio. Radio.